You're listening to Black Neon Digital Podcast, episode 37, Winnie Hour, from LVMH, Netta Porter and ASOS to making hair goals happen with Antidote Street and expert-led tech-optimized platform, Cara. Welcome to Black Neon Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Jodie Muta-Hamilton, the founder of Black Neon Digital, and I believe the future of fashion is to honour craftsmanship whilst embracing innovation and to support each other to build brands that have integrity. Making the switch from chemically straightened hair to natural curls wasn't as easy as Winnie had hoped for. This experience, coupled with her expertise from working at companies including LVMH, Netta Porter and ASOS, led to Winnie founding Antidote Street, a digital destination for all things textured hair. More recently, Winnie has been busy building Cara, which is a clever platform guided by a combination of expert-led advice and tech optimization to create a personalised recommendation and support service for hair care. In this podcast, I catch up with Winnie to hear all about why she started Antidote Street and how it's been building Cara during lockdown. So how, how have you been though, Winnie? What's happening? Um, how have I been? Um, I've been okay. I've been busy. Um, I actually think the first lockdown kind of like flew by almost because I was like head down, building. Um, and the thought of another one is, I have to say, I have to be honest, is killing me because I'm definitely one of those people that I like to be around other people. I draw energy from people. So I'm just like, this is going to be hard. That's why I'm over indexing on <laughs> wild self-care. Um, yeah. but, but apart from that, I'm good. I'm good. How, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right. I kind of, you know, similarly like, like being around people and out and all that sort of stuff. But in a sense, because obviously, as you know, we've got two young kids. Yeah. As long as the schools are open, I'm happy days. Do you know mm. what I mean? If they shut like my life's over basically so so yeah um when we last chatted you were just kind of in like build phase um and and all the energy that goes into that so I kind of want to delve into that in a little bit but just to rewind for people that don't know you um what is Antidote Street and what have you been doing and what are you up to now of course. So Antidote Street is a digital destination for all things textured hair. Um, I started Antidote Street, this e-com platform, because it's a nightmare to figure out textured hair. Um, the example I often give is that I didn't even know my hair was curly until my adult years, because from a young age, it was chemically straightened, Right. And that meant that I only really got a proper chance when I stopped applying the chemical treatment to my hair. And I'm not that unique because lots of people have gone through. It might not be as we didn't know it was curly, but we just certainly were not intimate with the texture or understood how to look after the texture. Um, Antidote issue was the first part because when I stopped applying chemical treatments to my hair, I then was faced with caring for it. The salons didn't really understand how to care for my hair in its state. I was trying to find products. I couldn't find products. You know, at the time I was working at Netsporty, I think soon, no, actually I think I was at ASOS at this point, um, you know, building consumer technology, right? Like really interesting, exciting stuff. And it just felt like whenever it came to my hair, I always struggled um, and and it, it just didn't make any sense. 
to me. So Antidote Street was a response to, well, what if we could easily find all our products in one place? And what if we could provide the education um, that people needed to be able to support them through their choices? So that's where we started. And, um, and where we are now is still on the same thread, but widely different. Um, and, and I have to say it's, 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 it's global, um, in terms of what we're building now. So in running Antidote Street, you know, I have spoken to so many of our customers. Well, to start with, you've lived, you've lived, I am a walking research my friends, my family are walking research. And then on top of that, you have the privilege of serving customers who have this very, very clear, acute need. It's like, I should, you know, like, I'm so overwhelmed. Um, I don't know where to start. It's all new um, to me. I never even knew my hair was this texture. I don't know how to look after it. Um, I don't want to be on a YouTube haul. Um, searching for hours and hours. You know, an example I give is for my friends who are Caucasian with straight hair. Maybe perhaps they now understand and they could perhaps just search for that one product, you know? But here it's like, do you know if it's going to work? There's this particular meme that I see. It's like RIP to all the money spent on my hair. And that is so true because, you know, a new product comes out and there's like a big massive rush. Okay, that one. But then people buy it and it sits on their shelf, you know, you speak to people and you're like, how many products do you have on your shelf? And they're like, I reckon I've got about, you know, almost 20 products. How many are you using? 30%? Lucky if it's 40% of that. Mm. So that's that's a huge issue in the beauty industry, isn't it? Like unused products um, and kind of like the size of, of them and kind of just keeping them in the cupboard all the time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think there's there's an element of it being unused just because you bought them because you thought you wanted them but there's also an element of it being unused because it's just not doing anything for you right or you didn't know what you were buying or you didn't really have the right skills or understanding to understand okay that product is going to give me x or y for my hair so um so where we are now is building this exciting platform which is called Cara. And we are a hair care platform that would provide expert routines, expert guidance, product recommendations, all backed by science and, um, and data to be able to help people really embrace their hair again, to, to kind of to love it. It's like it's no longer a chore. It's no longer this thing that you have to worry about. I, I often say, you know, I'll be so happy when all of this is so seamless. It's not even a conversation anymore. Mm. It's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I checked on Cara and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's more enjoyable than a headache. Cause I think yeah. like, you know, trying to buy, I mean, completely not in the same context, but you know, trying to buy hair products, where yeah. do you even begin? You know, yeah. there's yeah. so many and you walk into a shop and, you know, as, as you know, like I live near you around Brixton, that kind yeah. of area. And it's like, you go into these shops and I'm just looking for like one thing yeah. and there's millions and they're all selling the dream. Yeah. And it's like, what even is this <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. in language that is misleading, mm-hmm. that is probably technically and ethically quite wrong as well. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, 
started your journey um, with sort of the root analysis hair follicle tests yeah. and stuff yeah. um, to start to determine what is right for people's hair. But then there's a, a whole nother thing around um, misguiding people on selling stuff um, yeah. and what's in a packet and what's different to another and stuff. So, oh yeah. my goodness. I mean, there's like, there's like that snake oil selling that I think beauty is unfortunately guilty of. It's like, that is going to be your wildest dreams. Like this is the thing in the pot that you need. Like the herbal essence is that where she's switching her <laughs> hair. And, you know, I'm watching that as a kid and I'm thinking my hair would, I mean, at the time I thought, my hair would do that if only I did the right things to it, you know? Like that was unfortunately well, <laughs> the poor mentality that I had. It's good to hear that you had the same as well. And um, and then there are there are other like more particular things such as, you know, you might pick up a bottle and it would say, oh, that's got um, mafura butter or or that's got like this coconut or argan oil. And then you look at the back and that's actually like the last thing, like, I don't know if you know about reading ingredients, but basically anything, the ingredients in the first two lines at the back are the most potent. So if your argan coconut mafura is all the way at the bottom, darling, it's like in such negligible quantities quantities, that we should not be putting argan oil on the front of the pack because, you know, the unsophisticated or like the the person who actually, let's not say unsophisticated, the person who just wants to pick up the thing, read it quickly, the busy person is going to be like, ah, okay, that one. I've heard about that thing, that argan oil. Jobs, you know, job's done. I'm going to buy it. And then you're going to buy it. And it just doesn't give you. Because you think it's argan oil, right? So like front of the packet says argan oil. That's what I'm buying. Yeah. Or sometimes (laughs) like it's so crazy. You're like, it says argan oil, but at the back there's avocado, there's this, and you're just like, I genuinely thought I, I was buying pure argan oil. Why are all these mm. things here? Um mm. so so yeah, it's um it's 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 a bit of a for me it's an exciting challenge to to arm people with information that is personalized to them. Um, and we are going to be doing that with a mixture of experts, um, expert knowledge and also leveraging artificial intelligence to be able to recommend the best products for people and recommend the best routines and provide the best advice based on one's hair texture, based on one's um, unique hair characteristics, because we all contain multitudes. You can't even just have one hair type. You have mm. multiple hair types in one head. And um, and and their their goals, their concerns, um, whilst also flipping the narrative of this is something that needs to change. It's just you're you're being armed with information that you can actually act on, um, that is digestible and is it 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 gives you just what you need so that you can have fun. <laughs> so you can decide you want to color your hair pink and not have it all fall out. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say there's an element there of like returning the control to the person and not the people selling? Do you know what I mean? There's this kind of like, yeah, control element, isn't there? Yes, 100 percent. Like one of the things that I'm very big on is bringing back independence into the space. So even though we I mean, for us, what the first things first is providing the the advice, the routine, but our product recommendations like, you know, like it's 
were not for our hair coaches that we work with. They, they're not, there's no commission for them. We pay them so that they can give independent advice. Um, even right now, those products may not even be on Antidote Street. So it's not about shifting stock in a warehouse. You know, quite typically, you might see a quiz that it's like, oh, pick these products or pick that product, but all the products are from one site. So for us, it's really, really important to bring back that level of independence, unbiased um, advice, and to to help people trust, you know, like I was, um, someone was like, was telling me about how she was about to recommend us to her friend. And her friend was like, oh, but you know, I don't want to be like, I don't want to feel like I'm being sold. And she was like, that's exactly it. That's not like, they're literally coming at it from a very, very different perspective. And I think that that's so, so key because we've just all been sold to as so many different, on so many different levels. Um, and as you say, like you felt it in different parts of your experience. I've certainly felt it perhaps more acutely because that's combined by the fact that the beauty industry actually, you know, it's it's just, it's it's not optimized to serve a growing multicultural um, global population. Let's just put it that way. And also, I mean, like to be quite plain about it, people that don't want to straighten the hair anymore, you know what yeah. I mean? People that want to be as natural as they want to be in themselves. So it's, yeah. it's kind of like twisting that on its head as well, you know, yeah. like what you're being sold in various different ways, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. There's, there's yeah. also like the different elements of like, helping people regain that sense of, um, you know, you mentioned people who don't want to straighten their hair again. There's an element of, there's a big, massive element of self-acceptance, right? That comes with with that in itself. And feeling like you're empowered to do that or, you know, the images that you're seeing are not necessarily images that look only one particular type of way. Um, you know, you might see people say, oh yeah, we've covered textured hair because we have that one you know, girl who's biracial and she has like super loose curls because that's what we think it is. But it's like, that's not necessarily a full picture. So for us, it's it's really about reframing and imagining, you know, what exactly is the next frontier, you know? Um, where have we been? Where are we now? And ultimately, where are we going? And I genuinely believe that it is putting the customer in control and making their choices personal to them. Mm allowing choice basically with freedom yeah. really yeah. yeah yeah um can can you talk a bit more about your uh airstream van and your <laughs> follicle testing because that you know when i saw that i was like oh my god that's amazing like it looks super fun super energy as you are but um yeah <laughs> it, there was a definite like driver behind yeah. information data collection all that sort of stuff yeah so last year we had oh god i can't believe like it's been a whole year <laughs> but last year we had we do you know what it's so crazy jody like i saw this um i think it was like a verb clicko bar right and i since i saw it i just couldn't get it out of my head and at the time i was thinking a lot about the modern hacker experience because the experiences to date are you know just the user experience is lacking. And I really wanted to, you know, create something that had an element of fun with it, um, that people could join in lots of different kind of like locations. So we popped up in, um, we popped up in Spitalfields Market, in Russell Square, 
in um in Covent Garden and in Brixton. Like that was just completely crazy. Even like even trying to get the local <laughs> government to give us like to allow us to park. Like that was that was the craziest thing. Like I it was crazy negotiation, crazy calling. Like I called I'm pretty sure I have spoken to every single airstream provider in the UK and <laughs> I have called every single local government <laughs> and debated with them about the fact that it makes 100% sense for me to host a service that is targeting women with Afro and curly hair in the center of town. And one local government went as far as telling me, well, why don't you take it to Peckham? And I was like, <laughs> I was you. like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> These women are, they are working in the city um, and true to form. We like Covent Garden was like our most busiest, you know, people were going to work and they were like, what's that? And, you know, and we're being told, why don't you take that to to Pekka, which is just completely mad. Mm. Like, I wish I had, this is actually a business idea for anyone out there. I'm surprised (laughs) that like, (laughs) like, can we gather all the spaces that actually exist? Not, not indoor spaces. Cause I think that that problem Mm -hmm. is solved, but outdoor spaces where you want to have outdoor things. It's such a nightmare to get um, the council to, to, to let you rent that out. But anyway, Mm -hmm. it was a logistical feat. We, we, you know, you plan something and you you plan, map out how everything is going to go, how you're going to go from one to another, what the times are, who's going to be there, you know, what the interiors are going to look like, what the exterior is going to look like. You know, we had like an insane operational thing mapped out as well as visually appealing thing mapped out. And, um, and then we realized that you had to have generators for power in certain parts. So Spitalfields was the only one. Spitalfields and Brixton was the only one that had power. So the first two locations, we had to have a generator. <laughs> we had oh. to have a generator, which is so mad because, I mean, I'm Nigerian. So the idea of using generators is fairly normal, but I've not had to turn one on in such a long time. And in, or in Covent Garden. <laughs> and on the first day, literally on the first day, um, <laughs> um, the generator cut out and my friend who was um, here in, you know, in London for the holidays, she was the only one that knew what to do. She was like, right, I know exactly. I know the diesel, the oil, the this. I was yeah. just like, literally, I have no idea. Um, so that was like an interesting, like, lesson of how, you know, you could plan everything and like something comes out left field and you you learn, mm-hmm. right? But but that experience in itself, to go back to what it was, as I was saying, it's it, it's created a modern um hacker experience i'm really interested in how do you create brilliant experiences both online and offline and for us that was what it was so the van included different types of hacker services from like braids to curls but most importantly we had um trichologists on the van who were scanning people's hair scanning their scalp providing them with recommendations that was by far the busiest for us like that was like the busiest um, activity and the people that we partnered with on that, they were like literally booked out and we just didn't have the capacity. And, you know, for us, that's really, that really goes to show, you know, what it is that people need, that level of attention, that level of, um, you know, personalization to them. You know, I think that there's this sense of, we just don't want to, we just don't want to even keep saying RIP to all of those products. I think there's something about, 
consuming in a savvy way. We're starting to see that vibe in terms of what we wear, like choosing the right thing, making sure you can care for it. Um, I'm really excited about the fashion rental platforms where you can still have fun with fashion, but but rent it. I think that when you think about the overriding um, um, thinking behind that, it's this idea of, um, you know, we want something to last. We want to learn something that will stay with us for a longer time as opposed to consuming things quick, sharp, fast, accumulating, but it not necessarily bringing you joy or bringing you the love that you seek. Um, and that's really all of those experiences is led us to to what we are where we are now and in, in, in building Cara platform with that idea of putting the customer first, that idea of arming people with information that, you know, they can then do things um, for themselves and, 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 and they can make it last. How have you found, because um, obviously that was an amazing experience to have the caravan and, mm. you know, really interpersonal, chatting to everyone, being yeah. there, being around them. How how can that now translate into something as exciting online or, mm. you know, it's not going to be able to replicate that. So how can you put that energy into an online platform? You know, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, that's a very, very um, good question. And it's an exciting challenge. I think that that's a challenge that um, we would have to continually focus on over and over and over again. So even in the process of um, of building this out, the first part that we did when we were first speaking was just like really, really simple you know, sticking together bits of platforms together with sticky tape. I was calling it, if you remember my skinny beater, and now that our beater's got some meat on its bones, um, (laughs) we are, (laughs) I like this analogy, (laughs) our fat beater. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, did I just say that? Am I allowed to say that? (laughs) You're welcome, my healthy, my healthy beater, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, is in the process of building that, um, it's really been, we've been running lots of user tests, showing it to our customer base, getting their feedback, understanding how they would use it and asking questions, identifying the trends and and then designing for that. And, you know, I really think that like for me, like my role is really focusing on the products that we build, the technical product that we build, it's that that's the number one question. How do you bring that element of joy? How do you make it seamless? Um, that That's, you know, when I think about where my customers coming from, it's been so difficult for them that they want something easy. That's like the first part. And then the second part is like, how can we have fun with this? And, you know, we're looking at building in such a way that one, it's welcome in, to there are elements of you know interactivity along the way um and you know it, it's personal by nature so i think that that already brings quite a huge element to that customers are able to speak to their personal hair coach they're able to get recommendations access those recommendations um in their customer profile with lots of kind of like information education to support them on their journey um and not just in a very static way you know we're going to be doing lots to to make it interactive and and certainly fun and i suspect that that's going to be like a key thing that we just keep doing over and over again learning improving it um and i don't think the world of offline would ever not be part of what we do we'll probably still have um 
activations offline that bring that level of creativity and wildness um, to things. Um, that will always be there, but I think it'll be it'll be kind of I don't want to say the popular offline to online and those weird cliches, but I think for me, where I start from is who's my customer. What do they really, really want? What are they trying to solve? And how can we help them solve that? And, you know, sometimes it's it's online and sometimes it's offline and sometimes it's a mixture of two. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of personal hair coach. Yeah. <laughs> a personal hair coach. So you can reach your hair goals quite literally. Do you know what Le- I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally. I think that we're becoming more and more um, comfortable with the idea of coaches in different facets mm-hmm. of our lives. Um, you know, like I, I read on Femme Street, they were talking about the athlete CEO and and how when you actually think about a lot of top performers, they all have coaches. And I think that that's so interesting. Um, you know, being able to talk is, I think, as humans, fundamentally, I think we're sort of made for that. And, I, and I'm not talking about kind of like introvert versus like extrovert. It's not about that at all. It's just about that ability to connect and um and and I think that there's something about bridging the gap between the two like we've gone from analog to digital it's like well what's going to be next you know surely it's a hybrid um because I think our need for connection is is growing I do as well as you know (laughs) it's the whole podcast and everything but I think um Something as well that keeps kind of coming up more is obviously like, you know, female founders, female tech, even though I don't want to like mm-hmm. go down that whole female bit too heavy mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons, but also for a lot of reasons it needs addressed. But yeah. it's building, creating something's very intensive. And to do that on your own, you almost get like this tunnel vision, but yet you need to sort of step out of it and talk to people. And it, it's kind of quite difficult sometimes to assess when to reach out and when not and kind of when to get your head down Mm. how have you found that whole part of it (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. that's a very good question because I I have to be honest it's something that I'm working through right now Um, when you are building there is an abundance of advice an abundance of well actually is there an abundance let's just put it this way people will tell you what they think you should do and you have to you have to sift through that and you have to have an understanding of like your your gut i've been paying a lot of attention to my gut lately because i've been having lots of like really annoying gastritis and i'm reading every single book there is on digestive wellness right now but i think that when people talk about their gut there's really something there so it's like a constant balance, balancing act of how do you quieten down to um, listen to yourself mm-hmm. um, and, and try and assess the, 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 the solution, um, not the solution, to try and assess the situation for yourself and understand, you know, how, how might you approach this? Um, I think that there's such great value in, in, in our inner wisdom. Um, you know, that's a personal belief for me. Um, and, and for me, I'm really trying to tap more and more into that. So, um, I think this year I'm like for the first time getting really seriously, um, getting really serious about meditation and what, mm-hmm. you know, the benefits that you can get from, from meditation and quietening down. And when you actually think about it and you think about, you know, many of the creative minds that, 
you know, we, we admire, um, a big part of it is being able to, to have solitude and being able to be, to be silent. Um, and I, and I think that that's, for me, I've been sort of like approaching it from the other end where I'm trying to quieten down a lot more. How do you think the next few months will pan out or like, in another sense, I guess, what do you need to get you to where you need to be in the next few months? Like, is it just literally kind of, um, I don't know, like sharing what you're doing and it building and then kind of reaching the people you need it to reach to? Are you looking for any more investment? Like, what is it that will get you where you want? So um, right now, um, it's it's has heads down in building the 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 phase that I I told you about the healthy beta. You know, for instance, today we have like a demo um, for one of our sprints where we're just going to see what's the latest thing that's been developed, feedback into it, make it better. So certainly the vast majority of the year would go towards that, but also planning um, the launch of that early next year in January. So right now, that's where all of my energy is going. We will later on next year um, be looking at raising and and building our team. I now have um, a, a, a former colleague who's going to be joining as a data scientist. So that is just nice. like so, so good. And right now, um, also looking for, um, you know, a tech lead and a, a, a CTO who's going to be more permanent. Um, so, so that's that's basically we're in kind of like build hiring mode right now, which is really exciting because you get to really kind of peel back all the layers. Um, you know, we started from and we continue to to have such a customer centric view in what we do. And for me, like you know, people talk about customer customer. Like for me, it's literally picking up the phone and chatting. It's like tell like let's chat let's te- we're texting on whatsapp it's mm-hmm. that level of intimacy and i think that that's really really important for an underserved um for any market but in an underserved market you have to do it like to the power of 10 or something like that mm-hmm. so um yeah the, the next three months two to three months is going to be nuts but it's going to be good as well and i'm going to try and survive lockdown somewhere <laughs> I know I can't it's make me laugh to bits because basically we live like whatever I don't know three four streets away and we've yeah. had to do this on the internet and I was just I like super excited to hang out but I there know. you are we're going to be I in know. lockdown part two you I know, know what I mean anyway I um we will come out the other side of it and we will have some exciting times Absolutely. and also maybe some new um you know hair platforms to play with as well absolutely um, yeah absolutely it's <laughs> good, gonna be good amazing. things can come <laughs> good things can come indeed good things can come it's a pandemic but we are definitely in the words of a very wise wise woman <laughs> making lemonade out of lemons <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> indeed thanks Winnie thank you thank you so much I hope you enjoyed listening to our conversation today please do take the time to subscribe and rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts until next time be sure to join the conversation via Instagram at Black Neon Digital and online at blackneondigital.com